We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Well, it appears that I've caused quite a stir with my weekend column at the Washington Times, which is on the same topic that I've discussed a couple times last week here on The Rebellion. Does Romans 13, chapter 1, tell us that we must submit to the government? I contend that the answer is no. We need to circle back and discuss this again. This is very important. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning. Welcome to today's rebellion. Well, a topic that I discussed a couple times on last week's show, the topic of Romans 13, chapter 1. This verse that we hear all of the time today, we hear it more often than John 3:16. This verse seems to be the verse that the American people want to grab a hold of right now. Yesterday, it was judge not lest he be judged, and you know I've quoted that verse several times, and I've discussed it, how we've taken it out of context. And when you hear that verse all the time from unbelievers, well, the Bible says, Jesus says, judge not lest he be judged. That's out of context. You've got to read it within the context of what Jesus was telling us, and in that case, Jesus, just a couple sentences later, tells us to judge because he says, by their fruit you shall know them. Well, how are you going to know anyone by their fruit unless you look at the fruit of their lives, their actions, their words, their behaviors, their attitudes, and judge them, know them. You'll understand who they are by the way they behave and believe. By their fruit you shall know them. So when Jesus says, judge not lest he be judged, he obviously isn't telling you not to judge. He's telling you how to do it. In other words, when you judge, be aware that the measuring rod that you use to judge others will be used to judge you yourself. Judge not lest he be judged. You'll be judged in the same manner that you judge others. So be careful. If you read the verse in context, it's pretty easy to understand what he's saying. Context, people. Context. Context. When we're reading or listening and communicating, context is king. You can't just cherry pick a sentence out of something I just said and say, well, Piper, no, you have to listen to the entire paragraph or the entire speech and then quote and interpret and understand and judge me on that basis. Cherry picking is dishonest. Well, Romans 13.1 should be read in the same fashion. What is the Apostle Paul telling us? What is God telling us when he inspired the Apostle Paul to write those words? Romans 13, 1, that we are, sub are to submit to the government because God has put the government in charge of us. The authorities, 
the governing authorities that we find ourselves living under have been put there by a sovereign God. So submit to them. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 13.1. And therefore, you're hearing it all the time now. You Christians, you conservative Christians who are bucking the system, who won't get vaccinated, who won't social distance, who distance, excuse me, who will not social distance. You you people who think wearing a mask, a simple mask, is somehow wrong, and that the government doesn't have the right to tell you to do that, and that you can resist the government's COVID-19 proclamations, declarations, edicts. You Christians aren't even obeying your own Bible. Well, you know I covered this last week, and I thought I covered it pretty well. But I'm going to talk about it today, hopefully the last time. It's going to be different, a little bit different. A repeat, yes, but repetition, repetition, repetition. It's good. It's good, class. Class, when we repeat things a few times, it's good because we learn things. We can commit them to memory We can actually use them in our communication with others if we repeat them enough. So today, a little bit of a repeat, but I want to share with you my column from the Washington Times and how it stirred the pot a bit, and how my good friend Harry, who trolls me all the time on the Washington Times, every column I write, literally within seconds, he's there disagreeing with it. I've never found him to agree with anything I say, ever. My good friend Harry came out with guns a-blazing, telling me that I was wrong. But we need to respond to this, and I'm going to do so on today's show. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, so I wrote my column for The Washington Times this past week. And it's a column that's uh, basically the same thing that I've shared on the show. A little bit tighter, a little bit better argument, obviously. Um, So I'm going to share with you, as a repeat, uh, essentially what I've tried to communicate to you last week and in this column. I titled the column, excuse me, I titled the column, No, Romans 13 does not say Americans must submit to Joe Biden. And... um, I I put it in the context of the Gospel Coalition's tweet of a couple weeks ago, where Michael Kruger, writing for the Gospel Coalition, which is an organization, by the way, that describes itself as a, quote, fellowship deeply committed to renewing our faith in the gospel of Christ and to conform fully to the scriptures, close quote. I agree. I agree with that commitment that we should, as the body of Christ, be a fellowship where we're all deeply committed to renewing our faith in the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ, the redemptive power of Christ, and fully conform to the scriptures because I believe the Bible is the word of God. You know that. Well, anyway, Mr. Kruger, in an article and in a subsequent tweet that went out from the Gospel Coalition, said this, Submission is a Christian virtue. Christian citizens are called to submit to the government, 
and faithful men should be leading the way in doing so. One more time from Michael Kruger of the Gospel Coalition. Submission is a Christian virtue. Christian citizens are called to submit to the government, and faithful men should be leading the way in doing so. Now, yeah, submission is. We are to submit to Christ, and we are to submit to the structures, the earthly structures that he gives us. I think I should submit to my pastor. I think what the Apostle Paul teaches in terms of family dynamics and mutual submission within that family, I think that's true. I think we should honor that. And I think that point that Michael Kruger is making is spot on. But he melds the two together when he said, sub, says submission is a Christian virtue. And as citizens, we're called to submit to the government. And any faithful Christian man should be leading the way in doing so. He goes on, and the tweet itself implies that if you don't, if you're a man and you're not submitting to the government, you're setting a very poor example for your wife and your, and your children. And they rightfully should be confused as to whether or not they should be submitting to your leadership when you, as a man, refuse to submit to the leadership that God has placed over you. That's his point in the article, and that's the point of the tweet. Now, I would contend that Kruger is basically doubling down on this passage of Scripture that I just cited, that Romans 13.1, it's become more ubiquitously <laughs> quoted in our COVID times than John 3.16. I mean, are we going to see Romans 13.1 on a placard at football games now? And rather than John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is Romans 13.1 now our go-to verse, rather than John 3.16? I almost feel like it is. Uh, this, this passage from St. Paul to the first century Rome, Romans 13.1, the epistle, the letter that he wrote to the church, this passage, Romans 13.1, says this, and I've told you before. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. And again, as a conservative Christian, I do believe in conforming fully to the scriptures. But doesn't Paul's epistle to the Romans, to the Romans, excuse me, to the Romans, cause us to ask this obvious question. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it prompt us to ask an obvious question? What's the obvious question here? People, it, the question is, what's the definition of governing authorities? We've got to define our words. Words mean something. What does Paul mean? What does the Bible mean? What does God mean by the word, the two words, governing authorities? We've got to define those terms before we know to whom we are to submit. Now, the answer matters. The answer to the definition of those terms matters. I mean, not all governments are the same. I, I've, I've talked about that. The authorities of the Roman Empire were clearly different than those of, oh, let's just say modern-day countries like Jordan or Syria, or even the United Kingdom for that matter. Pick your land, pick your government. It doesn't matter. 
And if various governments have varied definitions, then don't you think we ought to first ask the question, who is the ultimate governing authority in America? Is it different than it is in Jordan or Syria? Shouldn't we ask that question? Who's the governing authority in America? Shouldn't we ask that before we start preaching submission? Submission to a government? Now, I shared with you Bill Federer's work. Uh, he He's a great man. I know Bill. He's got tons of books out there. I wish I was able to write as prolifically as Bill Federer. And he has a, a book that's titled, Who is the King in America? And he's done all the research for us. I mean, you can take five minutes rather than 50 hours to go research all this stuff. He has researched it for us. Just pick up that little book, Who is the King in America by Bill Federer. Now, after his voluminous research, his his conclusion is pretty straightforward. The definition of American government is clear. It's very clear. It is abundantly clear. The definition of American government is is we the people. We the people are the ultimate governing authority. That's what God has given us in his sovereign plan, in his graciousness, in his grace. God gave the American people a different kind of government than Syria and Jordan and even Canada or the United Kingdom. We the people are the ultimate governing authority in this nation, in this country, The United States, in the United States of America, the people, the people are the king. That's Bill Federer's conclusion. And then, as you know, he gave us tons of quotes to prove his point. And I'll remind you of a few of them that I shared with you last week. Commit these to memory. Go get Federer's book, because when people ask you, okay, and this stuff matters, just because these people are dead white men doesn't mean that these quotes should be cast aside. These are the guys that founded our government, gave us our government, defined our government. So to ignore them is asinine. It's to suggest that we have no government and we're just going to make it up as we go if we ignore these quotes. So here are a few of them again. This magistrate is not the king. This magistrate in the United States is not the king. The magistrate in the United States is not the king. The people are the king. Close quote. This magistrate is not the king. The people are the king. That's from Governor Morris, signer of the Constitution. Okay. This, you hear, you might pronounce it governor. It's Governor Morris. That's his first name, G-O-U-V-E-R-N-E-U-R, Governor Morris, signer of the Constitution. The magistrate, this magistrate in this country is not the king. The people are the king. Here's another quote. The people are the sovereign of this country. John Jay, he was the first chief justice of the United States Supreme Court. He said the people are the sovereign in this country. He didn't say the president. 
The people of the United States are the rightful masters of both Congresses and the courts. That's Abraham Lincoln. And some leftists will say that Lincoln dissolved the power of the people through the Civil War. And that federalism, the power of local government, local control, local responsibility, local respect, was dissolved by Lincoln via the Civil War. Well, Lincoln said the people of the United States are the rightful masters of both Congresses and the courts. Even Abraham Lincoln said that in the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Here's another one. Sovereignty resides in the people. They have not parted with it. That's Justice James Wilson signer of the Declaration and the Constitution. Sovereignty resides with the people. President Grover Cleveland said this, the sovereignty of of America's people. One more time, the sovereignty of America's free people. America's free people is, to my mind, the working out of the divine right of man to govern himself and a manifestation of God's plan concerning the human race. Grover Cleveland is grounding freedom for the people in a divine right that God has given you. His plan for the human race, his divine plan, the divine right of man to govern himself, the sovereignty of America's free people. Thomas Jefferson said this, there must be a final arbiter somewhere. True, there must be. And the ultimate arbiter in America is the people. James Madison, the ultimate authority resides with the people alone. President Andrew Jackson Jackson, excuse me. The people are the government, administering it by their agents. They are the government, the sovereign power. President James K. Polk. The people are the only sovereigns recognized by our Constitution. The success of our admirable system is a conclusive refutation of the theories of those in other countries, other governments, who maintain that a favored few are born to rule and that the mass of mankind must be governed by force. Doesn't that refute exactly what Kruger is implying and everybody seems to be implying right now with regard to your obligation and my obligation to submit? Polk is saying that other countries maintain that. They say that a favored few are born to rule over us and that the mass of mankind must be submissive, must be governed by these people. But our Constitution says differently. The people are the only sovereigns here. President Gerald Ford, modern times. Oh, you could suggest, well, that was the old way of looking at it. The modern presidents have changed that. Well, they don't have the right to change it, but they haven't, at least not until just five seconds ago with Obama and Biden. Never forget that in America, our sovereign is the citizen, i.e. the people. The state is a servant of the individual. It must never become an anonymous monstrosity that masters everyone. That was Gerald Ford, President Gerald Ford. 
And Ronald Reagan said this, the founding fathers understood that only by making government the servant, not the master, only by positing sovereignty in the people and not the state, can we hope to protect freedom. Omar Bradley said this, in the United States, it's, States, it's the people who are sovereign. The government is theirs to speak their voice and voice their will. Teddy Roosevelt said this, In no other place and at no other time has the experiment of government of the people, by the people, and for the people been tried on so vast a scale as here in our country. Calvin Coolidge said this, The history of government in the, on this earth, the history of government on this earth, has been almost entirely rule of force held in the hands of a few. But under our Constitution, America committed itself to place power in the hands of the people. Chesterton, I gave you this quote. Let's go back and listen to it again. G.K. Chesterton, he visited America and he wrote this afterwards. America is the only nation in the world that has been founded on a creed. And that creed is set forth in the Declaration of Independence that all people are equal in their claim to justice. And what does justice include? Freedom, people. That government exists to give them, the people, that justice. There's nothing in the Bible Nothing in the Bible or any of the rest of our nation's seminal documents, nothing that tells Americans we must bow in submission to a government that's hell-bent on stealing our God-given freedoms. The divine freedoms of God's plan for the human being. There's nothing that says when a government is stealing those freedoms from the people that we have to submit. We are the government we are, we are the sovereign. We are the authorities. The people are the king here in the United States. And anyone, Michael Kruger or your pastor or even me or anybody else that's suggesting other words is out of conformity. They're the ones out of conformity with the scriptures and with our constitution. It's not us. That's the reason that when someone like your local mayor or town council, city council, state representative, state senator, whether it be G.T. Bynum of Tulsa or the mayor of Vanita, Oklahoma, they have no authority to tell you what to do when you go out to the local park. Some people will say, well, yeah, yes, they have. They have the right to tell you to not litter. And those laws are established by the people. And if those laws are, are nonsense, if they're out of conformity with your personal freedom, then you have the right to stand up and say no. If they tell you to start wearing a clown suit to go out in public, that that will protect you from COVID. Do you have to comply? No, you don't. The people are the king. You're the king, the collective voice of the people. There's nothing in the Constitution 
that gives anyone the authority to wear, tell you to wear a clown suit or to tell you how far away you must stand from other individuals when you go out in public. Oh, but the science. Well, the science refutes all that stuff. There's tons of science out there that says wearing a mask is ineffective. I've covered that with you. So why would you feel a necessity to submit to that clown suit? Well, the Bible tells you to. No, it doesn't. It tells you to submit to the government that God's put over you. And in the United States, the government is the people. And if the rules that your mayor is coming up with concerning how you're to behave in the local park are out of compliance with the common sense and the common understanding of the Constitution of the United States, then they're the ones out of compliance, not you. They're the ones who are behaving unbiblically and unjustly, not you. And if you bow in submission every time they say to do so, you're going to lose the very thing, the constitutional rights that you have because you didn't understand them. Does this make sense? I mean, you've got tons of people out there who have violated city ordinances, for example. Should we have separate drinking fountains again for blacks and whites? Well, I hope you. I hope your answer is no. That that's that's not just. We should defy that. How about you have to sit in a given place on the bus? Rosa Parks was wrong to defy that that law, that understanding that you have to sit in the back. Should we have those types of laws again? Was Rosa Parks wrong? Was she unbiblical? No, she wasn't. How about Martin Luther King? His letter from the Birmingham jail clarifies all of this, that you can defy and should defy unjust laws, that the power of the people, the sovereign is the people, and you should rise up as the people and defy those laws that are out of compliance with the laws of God. That is what Martin Luther King Jr. stood for. Was Harriet Tubman wrong? Was Frederick Douglass wrong? Was MLK wrong? And again, was Rosa Parks wrong? Are you wrong for suggesting that all people should be able to use the same door to the restaurant, not have separate entrances and separate places to sit? No, you're not wrong because you have the power to lead this discussion. And if your government is defying that, that sense of justice, then the government is wrong. It should submit to you, not you to it. I could go on for several more shows, but hopefully I've clarified this well enough. In America, you are the government, you are the sovereign, you are the authority, the people are the king. And anyone who's telling you differently, whether it be Michael Kruger of the Gospel Coalition or your local mayor, they're the ones. They're the ones out of conformity, out of compliance with scriptures and our constitution, not you. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.